0: Is it called corn dog? There's nothing better than a good corn dog with
1: some mustard and, and uh,
0: ketchup. But he doesn't step into the huddle and say corn dog. Oh, no, he says corn dog. He does? Listen, I'm not in my darkest retreat yet. What?
2: Oh, and yesterday!
0: I, what?
1: Nope. This thing has been planned for about four months, and it was always the same date, always at the end of this week. Oh. So oh. anybody with knowledge to the opposite
2: of that is fake news. Whoa. So Whoa. let me just reiterate
1: one more time. There's an inner circle, right? And in my inner circle, nobody talks to Ian Rappaport, uh, to Adam Schefter, what? or to any of those people, okay? So if you're one of those people who's talking to those people, it's a great reminder for you, you're not in the inner circle.
2: Oh!
1: Damn. And if anybody else is out there saying stuff, or if they're just making it up, which is also,
3: those are both likely,
1: just stop with the fake news.
3: Whoop! sorry. It's not me calling it.
1: Sorry. It's an alarm.
0: My bad. We've all done it. Press box, transition.
1: Just crushed my dreams.
0: Boom, sadness. That's the one. You said yesterday that you might go get a corn dog with sugar on it for lunch. Did, I did you not, follow no, through? I did you not. You did not?
1: No, it started snowing. <laughs> what was I supposed to do? Drive?
0: <laughs> How far from the house is it?
1: Uh, well, there's actually, they opened one closer to my house. So I do not have to drive to Spring Mountain. There's one, uh, it's still probably 10 minutes away from my house, but mm. it's much closer.
0: A lot of wind and snow.
1: Yeah. Well you can't do that. Yeah. It's dangerous. You get that.
0: You can do it another
1: day. I did not get a corndog. Uh that is wonderful sound. Um I hate I hate you, Jared. Four months ago, when Aaron Rodgers says he planned uh, this. Uh. Um so it's it's February fifteenth. So if we go back four months, we're looking around November. Uh November sixth, they lost to the Lions fifteen to nine. So you don't even get to double-digit against the Lions. That might be a darkness retreat. November 13th, they actually beat the Cowboys in overtime by three. So that was a good one. Uh, November 17th, they lost to the Titans on Thursday night football. So that might have been one where he said, losing to this team on a Thursday? Where's the darkness? Yeah, that
0: might have been darkness. That might (laughs) have been it's time to go inside and get my meals passed through a little slot for four days. (laughs) He can leave at any time. Does he make it all the way through?
1: He's not going to tell us that he didn't.
0: He, no, he's, he's not going to admit that he did
1: He's going to take more pride in doing this weird yes. thing than he did in actually winning any football yeah. games this year. He's going to be like, you're right. I'm the weird quarterback that did a darkness yes. retreat for four days. He and I didn't, I didn't fold. He can't come out and be like, oh, I only made it 40 hours and had to get out of there. Oh, he can't do that. Then he, then that's his real pride will be hurt there if he didn't get follow through with his weird darkness retreat. Um. Yeah. Who do you think's in his inner in in his I, inner circle?
0: Well, when the brother was on The Bachelor, it appeared that there wasn't some good vibes between the family and him. So I don't zero chance family, the, right? Yeah. So Randall ex- Cobb's got to gr- be in there, right?
2: Does he ex- have a girl- girlfriend? Right ex- now, girlfriend? Yeah. I thought it was someone whose like name was just a color.
0: Ex-girlfriend like Olivia Munn, is she in there? Is
2: no chance. No, she's with, so? uh,
1: she's with she's ty- with Tyler's doppelganger. Who's my doppelganger? Who's Mulaney. Stuff? Oh, John Mulaney. John Mulaney's dating Olivia Wilde? Olivia Munn. Olivia Munn. Wrong, uh, Olivia. They have a
0: baby. Oh. How many people would be in that circle? I'm thinking three. <laughs> at the I, mass. I think it's
2: Randall Cobb, Randall Cobb's
1: wife, and Randall Cobb's <laughs> child. <laughs> I actually think there's a better chance it's like Aaron Rodgers' imaginary friend. Is in his inner circle, Carl. Like I, if you told me Rodgers has an imaginary friend, I would believe right. it. Didn't he have a roommate for like fifteen years?
0: He yes, did. He did. Yes, he did.
2: As a professional?
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah, he did. What do you? What?
2: I've Google. I'll I'll Google yes, it. He, did. Uh, he, he had, had a roommate. roommate. He had a roommate
0: for a while. He had a roommate. For like a, while. a teammate? No. No. He just lived with a random guy. Random dude. Well, I don't know how random he was to him. I mean, I hope he knew him.
1: Is it inner know. circle, maybe? Or maybe he kicked him out because he told Adam Schiff or I something. I don't even know if there is an inner circle. I think I think it's his imaginary friend.
0: I mean, it might just be him, and now he's saying that because he wants to. You got it. An American personal assistant named Kevin
2: Lanfleece is best known for as
1: Aaron Rodgers' former roommate. All right. Was he his personal assistant that lived with him? Is this why people thought Aaron Rodgers was gay? I mean, yeah,
2: I okay. would think so. And then he only dates high pro- profile, profile models yeah. and TV
1: people. And I mean, you guys say high profile. I don't remember the girl's name he was dating or married. That one actress. Oh, no, no heard that heard was before. one of those that confused everyone like.
2: He's dating some TV, act, like you're Aaron Rodgers, aim higher.
0: Well, Olivia Munn was pretty high. Yeah, no, but there was another was one like Danica
2: Patrick, Olivia Munn, Patrick. and then the chick from ABC Family. And then Blue. And now he's, yeah. Blue. I think that actually might be her name. I think
1: she had a color for her name. God, I hope blue. this team trades for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> we will not talk about a damn play in the Raiders season. We will spend the entire time just being like, so what did he say about food? It'll be phenomenal. God, I hope they trade for this guy. It'll be incredible content every week. And you know, Adam Candy, when he has to fill in, he'll be pissed. <laughs> he will be so mad because he's tired of talking about Aaron Rodgers already. The Raiders get him. Oh, that's all we're it's doing. That's all we're doing. All we're doing if he comes here. So, all right. Darkness retreat. When, did did we get an answer on when the darkness retreat is actually over? Well, is it going to be four days or is he going to end up in there for four months?
0: No, I think it's four days.
1: All right. Do they four actually days. let him out?
0: Starts at the end. Of, I, well, you can leave at any time. What if? He said, you can leave. You can walk out at any
1: time. What if his imaginary friend is supposed to let him out, and he told the people, yeah, Carl will be by to let me out, but Carl doesn't exist.
0: Carl doesn't show up because now, he's the only one in the inner circle? And now Rodgers
1: is stuck in there without anybody in his inner circle.
0: I'm wondering what Jared said yesterday. When you walk out, what, what does the light do to the eyes? You got to walk out into some kind of room where there's not a lot of light. I mean, you got to readjust, right? You got to readjust everything. Four days in complete darkness? So maybe
1: it's four days in darkness, and then there's three more days where they slowly start dimming the lights up for you. There's a room that I believe costs like several thousand dollars
2: to, like, you can stay in it and there's no sound. Like, it is, you, like, sound doesn't exist in the room. It's the most soundproof room in the world. Darkness or no? No, not darkness, but. People last like 20 minutes before going like
0: batty. There's a good chance he comes out of this and
2: he's not right.
0: More not right than he already is. He already said when I think when he first told McAvee, definitely
1: hallucinations. Oh, you're going to yes. hallucinate a lot in there. Rodgers comes out of this darkness retreat and says, I want to be traded to the Las Vegas Raiders. Do the Raiders need to make him go through throwing drills to make sure he can still do it? Have. <laughs> We've had Aaron Rodgers in for a tryout. Yeah, can you imagine? Like, do you know how funny it would be if he comes out of this dark and he can't throw, and he just can't, he can't do it anymore? And the Raiders trade like two first-round picks, and then he gets here at OTAs, and, and they're he like, can't throw, and they're looking like, what? Ha- what? What? Happened no accuracy him? left. Yeah, just zero completions. God, that would be funny. So, Devontae Adams, like, what happened to you, guys? Weird. I would make him throw. I'd be like, listen, we can do it over Zoom if you want. But I'm going to need, you know, if you Laf- like
0: a Kaepernick, you at- bring him in for a tryout, <laughs> right?
1: At least have Lafleur out there with the zoom, with the phone up, FaceTime us to see you throw a football. It can be to Randall Cobb. That's fine. But we need to make sure you can still do this because you just went into the dark for four days. And that doesn't sound right. H- did, has he
2: and I, I don't listen to his full hit on McAfee. Does he did, did he ever explain what the benefits of this are
1: besides hallucinating? Yeah. Some uh, chemicals in your body get released, or something. Supposedly, it's good for you.
2: Yeah, I'm sure this has been studied yeah. by actual scientists and yeah. been like peer reviewed. Somebody does inner circle.
0: <laughs> yes. Who'd you say, Carl? Carl. Is, is Carl's it, already been in the dark yeah. room for four days. Yeah. Somebody did it once. God, who's in that inner circle? Who's in that inner circle? It's a good
1: question. Uh, you know, it'd be funny if Ian Rapaport was in the inner circle. And And he was just trying. Rogers is just screwing with him. Yeah, screwing with him. That'd be great
0: to take the scent off the trail.
1: Rogers is like texting Rappaport every day, and he's like, "All right, watch what I say on McAfee now." Did I tell you guys on the air that I chased (laughs) Rappaport through the convention center? No, you told that. That was an off the air story, I believe. He tried to hunt. (laughs) Then he went
0: up. He went up an escalator.
1: Yes, he took off running away from (laughs) me. Didn't you like come up behind him and
2: scare him a little? (laughs) Well. He was leaving for the day. We are still on the air. We're on the West Coast. And I just went in and we'll started walking behind him and he
1: took off. <laughs> I mean, I think one of like my nightmares would be Jared yelling my name and trying to track me down through a crowded room. I would run from you, too. You got to grind, man. I would get away from you. Uh, quick uh, change of the subject, because on Center right now, they're showing Tiger Woods hitting some golf balls. He was in a beanie. He had the little thing you pull up from your neck to cover the other half of your face with, like, three jackets on. Where the hell is he practicing golf? I assume a in Genesis Aust- Genes- yeah.
0: Invitational. I mean, they're doing it a it live in, hit from it. Is it, it in Australia?
1: But why is he practicing golf in, like, 10-degree weather? Where is this thing? Get in some warm weather, Tiger. I just liked that his alarm went off on...
2: During his press conference, so that uh, I'm like, oh, was that Tiger? whose alarm went yeah. off. Yeah,
1: okay. So,
2: like, no, I'm it's... like, hey, I'm not the only one.
0: No, it's uh, it used to be the uh, Northern Trust and Nissan Open. It's in SoCal, man.
1: Yeah. What? Oh, how why... cold
0: could it be there? I mean, I know it's chilly.
1: He's but wearing how cold like could it four layers. Like, I'm not. He's a trying doctor. to stay warmed up. <laughs>
2: I'm not a doctor. He forgot doctor. his Nike Under Armour. But well, I don't.
1: I don't think practicing in cold weather is good for your body. Well, he's got to
0: do something. He's way behind, man. He's far behind these guys. Well, practice in warm weather. Your Tiger Woods.
2: Or your what? Tiger
1: Woods go inside somewhere. Fly to Texas. It's probably warm there right now. Eh. No? All right. Do not look up the temperature in some city in Texas, Ed. Hold on a second. That's what he's doing right now.
0: Because the sun's there, so I've got to have I, I've got. We give you news, notes, and I've weather here on the are right, right, right now in Dallas, sunny in 68, and by 30. 4
1: p.m. It's going to be 77. Go to Dallas and practice, Tiger. You can fly to the, When's the tournament start? Tomorrow? You can uh, fly in the same day. day. Yeah, come on. Stop practicing in cold weather. All right, coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, it's Bischoff's Briefs. A couple of things in Bischoff's Briefs today with college football. Um, Max Olsen did a fun breakdown of... Top-ranked quarterback recruits in college football. So he looked at the uh, top 50 quarterback recruits from each class from 2017 to 2020. 75% of them transferred away from their original school. So if you landed a top 50 quarterback in that four-year stretch, there's a three-in-four chance. they headed into the portal. That they left your school to transfer somewhere else. Um, they did the same thing. Max Olson did the same thing going back a previous four-year span, 2015-2019. Actually, that's five years. Um, in that time span, 57% of those quarterbacks transferred away from their original school. So this has been a problem for a little while. The transfer portal and immediate eligibility uh, on one transfer has increased it even more. Uh, but here's what was fascinating. 65 of those quarterbacks from 2017 to 2020 that left 65, never started a game for their first school. So that means a lot of schools brought in a top 50 quarterback. And then that quarterback never played Um, 64 of those 65 transferred away. So there's one guy, a guy at Georgia who was a top 50 quarterback in his class and hasn't actually transferred away. So, Moral of the story, don't land the top fifty. Well, if you're gonna land him, play the guy. <laughs> if you're gonna land him, give him time, because if you don't give him time, he's getting the hell out of there. Um the part of this that so we talk a lot on this show in, in a bunch of different sports about roster building. And what's the right way to build your roster, right? We did it this morning with Kevin Kruger and transfer portal versus high school kids and comparing it to what Nico Medved did at Colorado state. We do it in the NFL with uh, quarterbacks on a rookie contract. How much do you pay a quarterback? Right. We do this roster golden Knights in the salary cap and long-term IR. Like we talk about roster building a lot and I actually don't know what the right answer is. For, for getting a quarterback? Like, what's... If you're not Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, you know, if you're not one of the top five teams in the country, what's the best way? What's the, the best way to give yourself the best chance to get a really good quarterback? Like, should you be trying to recruit a top 50 guy out of high school? Or do you look at this and say, well, 75% of them transfer, so... I'm just going to hit the portal and try to find one of these kids. I mean, are you going? How far are you going down the list
0: in terms of level of school? That is a good
1: question. If you're UNLV, I mean, you're probably you're taking UNLV, whoever you can taking,
0: get. Yeah, exactly. You're taking whoever but you get. If you're if you're a if you're a middle of the pack SEC team, right? You're Ole Miss. You're Mississippi State. You're Arkansas. Well, I think you're right in that they should look elsewhere. But to compete with the top of that conference, I think they would think they need a
1: top fifty quarterback. Right. Right. It's just... I here, Here's what I think the answer actually is. Um, you have to do both. And you have to take as many quarterbacks as you can possibly mm-hmm. get. And if that means, you know, one of them transfers away from you and ends up being really good because he couldn't break through on the depth chart in his short time there, I, th- I think you have to kind of live with that potential scenario because... Another reason a lot of these guys transfer. A reason sixty-five of those quarterbacks never started. Not all of them, but a lot of them transfer out and never play a game because they weren't good enough. Right. Well, they we,
0: they already came into a school that is top-ranked school that already had three or right. four guys because, that are better than yeah.
1: you. Yeah, and it's like, oh, he. he if you want yeah. to play, you got to beat out other good quarterbacks, and, exactly. you, and you didn't do it. So, I, I think the answer, if you're building a football college football roster is be willing to overspend scholarship space on On quarterbacks. quarterbacks. And even if you think you already have one, go get another one. Like, don't be afraid to get another one. And if listen, if guys transfer out and end up being good somewhere else, that's that's fine. But you need to give yourselves as many uh, opportunities, options, options, yeah, on the roster of good quarterbacks to actually hit on one because – it's the most important. Even in college football, where it's less important than the NFL, it's still the most important position. Having a good quarterback makes up for deficiencies right. elsewhere. And you just need to take as many swings, high school kids and portal kids, to see if you can actually land one. Um, the other part of Bishop's priest, I wanted to get to today. My favorite efficiency ranking in college football is SP. It's from Bill Connolly, who writes for ESPN. He does what I'm going to call an admirable job of going through early in the offseason, middle of the offseason, and late in the offseason and trying to get an updated picture of every team's roster, which with the transfer portal and recruiting and early enrollees that's and really guys difficult. not And he tries to get a good, accurate picture of every single team. Obviously, that's hard to do. You might miss on a kid or two or something like that because who the hell knows? Because not all schools put out Like a spring roster, right? Some schools do some schools. You go on their website. Here's our roster currently in the spring, but not all schools do that. So you just kind of have to find reporting and stories and figure out who the hell's on a team and who the hell left. Um, But an admirable job that he does SP plus rankings in February, UNLV comes in ranked 108th. Okay which is not very good. And that's not very good. Um, Top 110. It's it's about where they always are. They're kind of always in that 100 to 120 range. Um, they are one spot behind Nevada, who's 107. That's
0: I don't know what Nevada has coming back, but they were so bad last year. They're
1: terrible. They're, not They're not horrible. Um, UNLV, eighth in the Mountain West. Uh, the four teams that are ranked behind them in SP+. Plus, are Utah State, Colorado State, and then Hawaii and New Mexico. Well, Hawaii, right? (laughs) Not, uh, we understand. Um, Hawaii and New Mexico are supposed to be awful. Again, Utah State and Colorado State aren't quite awful, but they are ranked lower than UNLV. But here is the optimistic part for UNLV. There are four teams on next year's schedule that are ranked worse than UNLV by SP+. UTEP, who's on the non-conference schedule, Hawaii, New Mexico, and Colorado State. Plus, they play an FCS school in Bryant, which means, based on this, there are five teams UNLV should beat on their schedule next season. And then on top of that, there are three other teams they play that are ranked between 100 and 107. Again, reminder, UNLV's 108. That is Nevada, Wyoming, and San Jose State. So those are three teams that They're ranked higher than UNLV right now, but it's a small margin. Ball game, small margin. So we have five games against teams worse than UNLV, three games against teams that are just slightly ahead of UNLV, and then even if you go look at the tough teams on their schedule, Michigan's on the schedule. I think Michigan was three. All right, that's go get paid to to lose by 20 or more. The next best team on their schedule is only ranked 67th, and that's Fresno State. So even the the good teams on the schedule aren't that good. It's not that difficult to beat the team that's ranked 81st in the country. Right. I think Vanderbilt is like 84 or 78. They play Vanderbilt. Right. That's one of the teams on their schedule. That's not an SEC team that you can't beat. You can, I mean, hell, Tony Sanchez did it. You can beat Vanderbilt. So there's five games that you, you're going to potentially be favored in. There's three more teams where it's going to be a toss-up. And then the other, and then three more games on your schedule against teams that are better than you, but not significantly better than you. It is February fifteenth. Hot are take: a, We are a long ways away from Hot the take. season starting. They're going to bowl. The roster's going to roster's change. Whatever. Barry Odom's going to a bowl game in his yeah. first year as UNLV's head coach.
0: I'll completely back you up on that.
1: UNLV is going to end their bowl drought. Barry Odom's going to do it in his first year. They're going to a bowl game.
0: After which Barry Odom will go to the Big Ten <laughs> <laughs> because you'll be eight and four, and he will be in a nice bowl game, and the Big Ten will
1: become goalie. I did not say eight and four, Ed. Six and six, <laughs> nice six and six record, go into a bowl game. Although eight and four might be possible too, but I'm. Saying it now, I'm going to do what you did with the Bengals this year, and I'm going to stick with it. Stick with it. Yeah, Stick with it. I'm going to make one caveat. If, like, Doug Brumfield leaves the program, I get to change. Right? If they suddenly don't have a quarterback, I'm changing my opinion. But we get to the start of the season. Doug Brumfield's the starting quarterback. Or I'll say if somebody beats him out, then great for UNLV. But Doug Brumfield's healthy and on the roster. They're going to a bowl game. Schedules schedules easy. These are a lot of bad teams that, on the, the schedule. Go-go? The go go offense. The go go
0: offense is going to bowl with, game with uh,
1: um, Brendan Marion. Yeah, Brendan Marion. I'm excited to see how fun or goofy that is. I don't know. That might. I think that might be a lot of fun to even if they lose. I think their offense is just going to be entertaining to yeah. watch this year. Bowl game for UNLV football. Barry Odom going to look like one of the best tires in all of the country. Uh, all the country. All right. Because he goes to a bowl game, snaps. What, and he's really nice to the media. He keeps thanking the media every yeah, time he talks to him. And he's really
0: nice to the media. Yeah,
1: so that'll be fun, too. We like that. Um, so there you go. Tyler Bischoff is optimistic about UNLV football on February 15th. It's not good when it is February and we are skipping the rest of basketball season to look ahead to football yeah. season. It's supposed to be the opposite way. All right. Coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, Deshaun Reed joins the show. I am very rusty. But I've come off rusty situations before and I've done well and uh, I've had to utilize a lot of those tactics in practice and, and build up. And plus, also, I know this, this golf course.
0: Text Granny and Bischoff at 69187
3: with the word ESPN.
1: Joining us now from The Athletic, covering the Raiders, is Tashawn Reed. Um, all right, Tashaun, are are you hoping the Raiders trade for Aaron Rodgers just for the content or do you want to stay as far away from that as possible?
3: I don't have a dog either way. I mean, you know, I mean, it's obviously, it's, it's a good story, just like you know, Tom Brady would have been. So, I mean, I guess it'd be good for business, right? Get, get Aaron Rodgers in here, reunited with Devontae Adams, got all the, the conference storylines.
1: Mean, it's good for us, yes. Uh, <laughs> although it is the Raiders, and it feels like, regardless of who's on this team, they're going to create ridiculous storylines every month.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've only been covering the team for three years, and I haven't had a normal year yet. <laughs> so, I mean. <laughs> That sounds about right to me.
1: Uh, if we look back at the last uh, year since uh, McDaniels and Ziegler got hired, if we sort of uh, in hindsight, look at it, what do you think their biggest mistake was in how they handled Derek Carr?
3: You know, I mean, and like you said, you know, it's all hindsight. So it's easy to say now, but uh, I think they should have played hardball a little bit more when it came to the contract extension. Because, you know, at the time that he signed last April, they had already traded for Devontae Adams. They had already started to re-sign some people already on the roster. They had signed Chandler Jones. So, yes, they'd made these pushes, you know, to to go in on on winning last season. But at at that point, you know, even if they didn't, you know, offer, you know, Derek the no-trade clause or the salary he was looking for, you know, do we really think he was going to hold out after being traded for his best friend, and the team is loaded up, and they have a chance to win? You know, in theory, like, you know, it just would have been, especially a four A guy like Derek. You know, it, it would have been hard for me to envision him, you know, not playing football last season if he didn't get a deal done. And so, that, you know, just even, you know, granted, extension is really where the mistake is because I don't think, you know, if if you don't play, if you do actually play in the last two games, I'm not sure that really changes the situation all that much. Obviously, he didn't play well this season, so his trade market was going to go down from what it was a year ago, let's say, anyway. um, And so I don't think it was like a bad move to roll with him into the season because there's no way you could have traded for Devontae and then got rid of Derek Carr. You know, Devontae would have (laughs) been, you know, not not a happy camper, obviously. And that was part of, you know, I'm sure they extended his word as part of that to, to bring him to town. And so I think it was more so about the structure of the contract because while it gave them an out, it also gave. Car a lot of leverage as we have obviously saw this week with him basically, you know, forcing them to release him.
0: Were you surprised uh, one team showed interest, or was it just a matter of all the others saying, "Don't worry, we know he's going to be free agent. We'll just deal with him"?
3: No, because the Saints they have such a unique situation. I mean, they're like sixty million dollars over the cap. Um, they traded a lot of draft picks, so like they they weren't good last season, but like both financially and pick wise, they're very much so like all in on trying to win. And, you know, among the quarterbacks that are expected, you know, to hit free agency, Derek Carr is the best one. And so, um, you know, they could jump the gun and, you know, lock him up before other teams had a chance to try to go get him and boost his price up, which obviously for a team, $60 million over the cap, they need to preserve every dollar they can. Right. And so, you know, whatever it was, they were discussing, I believe it was a third round pick, um, you know that's that's you know marginal compared to the, the salary cap implications it would have have for them to being able to get him for cheaper um, okay. because the thing about Derrick that's unique is unlike most players who you know can't sign until march he can sign immediately like he could sign today if he wanted to um or tomorrow whenever he clears waivers um but he doesn't have to wait and so teams he's going to be able to sort of go on this early free agency tour and team other teams are going to get involved and that you know, with quarterbacks, you never know the price can get crazy pretty quickly. I know a lot of people don't think he's going to, you know, get back to that contract that he had with the Raiders, but, you know, teams get desperate. And so that's that scenario, and it, it becoming a bidding war is what the Saints were trying to avoid. Uh,
1: you guys uh, talked to Dave Ziegler, uh, I think it was like two weeks ago. And a lot of the answers he gave were sort of interesting, where he talked about, you know, not being like one high price player away. And he also talked about the value of having, you know, a quarterback. On a rookie contract, I kind of took away from that that Dave Ziegler wants to draft a quarterback in the first round this year. Is that a fair thing to read between the lines on what he said to you
3: guys earlier? Yeah, he didn't say it, you know, uh, directly. But I mean, you know, and, and that's probably true for for uh, I would say most GMs. You know, get a cheap rookie scale quarterback, um, maximize you know your window when they're on that deal, and, and try to win a Super Bowl. I mean, I know the Eagles lost, but. You know, the, their model, you know, having Jalen Hurts on that cheap deal, he wasn't even a first-round pick, so it was even cheaper. And being able to build up that loaded roster that they had, like, that's like the dream, right? And it, and it kind of is how you have the most runway in terms of, you know, a window to compete, and it, it's easier. It's still not easy, but it's, it's easier to make the numbers work when it's like that. And so, uh, you know, I think that would be ideal It's just you don't always get what you want, you know, and you kind of have to be flexible because they pick number seven, you know, not number three. And, and there are, you know, the Texans the Colts are ahead of them. There are other teams like the Falcons, the Panthers, the Titans, the Jets who can maybe trade ahead of them. And so, uh, you know, even though there are considered to be four first-round quarterbacks, you know, according to us, you know, experts that don't work in the league, like there's no guarantee that the Raiders view all, those, all four of those quarterbacks as, as first-round picks or that they like all those guys enough to use that kind of draft capital on them. And so it, it's really a lot of it's going to, you know, it kind of depend on how the board falls. And that's kind of tricky because if you don't come away with something, somebody that you feel comfortable starting, you know, from free agency or trade or whatever it is before the draft, then you almost, you know, you kind of get up in a situation where you almost have to get aggressive to make sure you get your guy. And so it, you know, it's good for them that they have a bunch of cap space and they have the draft capital to potentially go draft a quarterback. If that's their preference, but it's not quite so straightforward. Like they aren't in a situation where they control their own destiny. And so they're going to kind of have to, as you said, kind of play the middle a little bit. Like maybe you, you know, even if you want to draft a quarterback, maybe you almost have to. I mean, you know, the only quarterback they have right now is Chase Garbers on the roster. Like you have to at least sign somebody that could be a stopgap starter, I think, um, or, or that you feel comfortable. You know, if they at least enter the season as a starter next year, you're fine with it, and then go try to draft a quarterback on top of it. And I think that has to be a game plan because if you just rely solely on the draft. Um, you know, being all the way back at seven, like there's no guarantee a team is going to want to tr- let them trade up or, or, you know, that the quarterback they want is still going to be there, you know, if they do, you know, take that route. So I think there's too many variables um, either way to really put all your, your chips on one basket.
0: How do you think it plays out with Josh Jacobs? Do you think they tag him, of which he's been pretty, pretty honest about that he does not want that to happen?
3: Yeah, I think it partly depends on, like, what happens around him, you know, like if they, like you said, start this, 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 uh, this interview, like if they land somebody like Aaron Rodgers, which would make the money very tight, Mm -hmm. um, you know, having a $10 million cap hit for a running back, you know, maybe kind of tricky to carry, you know, um, maybe it would almost be better for you to work out a multi-year extension and get that, that cap hit down a little bit, you know, just to give yourself some more breathing room. Um, and so I, I think it, like it, but if they also, you know, if they don't, you know, make any of those big splashes, you know, like Ziggler and in, indicated they probably won't do, then I don't think it really hurts you. Like they have, like right now, they have well over $40 million in cap space. Um, if you tag Jacobs, it's, it's going to be about 10 Like it's not exclusive, so other teams could negotiate, but they would have to give up two first round picks, you know, if you didn't match, and then that's just not happening for a running back. So basically, the $10 million tag would be exclusive, you know, for, for a running back. And so. Like, if you just do that, um, you know, I, I think I think he'd be upset. But I also think there's a window there because the deadline, I believe, is in July where they could still try to, you know, work out an extension. Um, but I think that would make sense just to make sure that he doesn't get an offer that blows you out of the water, you know, um, in free agency that you can't match because of, you know, something you did elsewhere or just not valuing the position that much and so kind of a, a cool setup but you know i think team wise it makes the most sense to tag and then try to work on a on the contract extension you know in the months to come if it's possible
1: to sean read with us i've seen you tweeting a lot about anthony richardson uh sell us on him <laughs> why why should the raiders or anybody draft anthony richardson well
3: he's six 240 pounds can throw it 60 yards with ease and he's going to run a four four if he runs forty yard does so Pretty nice, nice starting collection of traits there. Uh, But he he also, you know, like, his he's very experienced. He only had one season as a full-time starter. Um, He was very erratic. Um, So I'm not ignoring any of that. His completion percentage is pretty low. Sounds a lot like a guy named Josh Allen to me. Um, But he did it, you know, at a bigger school, obviously, at Florida against better competition. And if you actually watch him play, outside of just the highlights, you you know, obviously the long runs and all that are cool, but, like, he navigates the pocket really well. Like he has a very good sense for it, and he has good instincts. Um, and he has all arm talent in the world. He just needs really, you know, refined fundamentals um, and decision making, which you know you would think an elite offensive coach should be able to do. And I mean, that's what the, the Raiders, you know, hired in Josh McDaniels. Um, and so I, I think if you have the right setup, if you have weapons, which I mean, you know, Devonte Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, perhaps if you improve the offensive line. You know, I don't know how much better of a setup rookie quarterback is going to get. Not to say that he's ready to play right away. I think he would need some time to develop. Um, But whenever he does step in, like you know, you got got the coach, got the system, got all kinds of weapons. You know, ideally you have an improved offensive line. Like you can kind of work on those shortcomings that he has while maximizing that ceiling. Which I don't know if he has the ceiling with those traits that I laid out and stuff. For me, like if they aren't they aren't able to go get one of the top two guys, which I think is, is Bryce Shelton and CJ Stroud, like it might cost too much draft capital wise to go get them. Like if you're at seven and it's either, you know, Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, like why would I not take a shot on the guy that's like could be Superman versus like Levis? I think is like he's got some he's a good big arm and all that, but it's like eh, maybe I right. <laughs> Richardson it's like he might be amazing. <laughs> so like for me, you know, especially if they. You know, what Ziggler said is true, and they think they, they need some more time to build the roster. Like, if you're going to take that long view and try to develop somebody, like, I don't think there, there's a greater potential payoff than Anthony Richardson in this draft.
1: All right. Before we let you go to Sean, um, you've got a new podcast at The Athletic called Between the Lines. Can you uh, tell us what you're uh, trying to accomplish with that podcast?
3: Yeah. So it's basically um, encapsulating and personalizing the black experience in the NFL. Um, at all levels, players, coaches, executives, um, and, and sort of giving the, how the state of affairs for them came to be and, and what's next. And so episode one, which came out Tuesday on the athletic football show, was, was more of a historical perspective episode, sort of giving a baseline for how the league has handled race and how it's evolved and hasn't evolved over the years. Um, and then from there, it'll go up the organizational chart in the last episode, um, which will come out March 7th. Um, we'll sort of be pondering you know, can the NFL make some progress? And so, my goal really was just you know to inform, um, to entertain to a degree, and then also to kind of bring the life, the voices of the people that actually have to live through that thing every day, and not just reduce them to you know numbers that we that we write about every year. You know, whether it's the lack of black coaches or whatever it may be. So it's sort of these people um, who live it, taking you inside. You know what it's like to have to deal with these things, um, as I said, at the various levels of the NFL, and so. Yeah, they'll be coming out every Tuesday all the way through March 7th, so um, make sure to come check it out.
1: He is cool. Deshaun Reed from The Athletic. The podcast is called Between the Lines from The Athletic. Deshaun, we appreciate Thanks, your time Sean. this morning.
3: Thanks for having me, y'all.
1: So there is Deshaun Reed from The Athletic. We went too long with Deshaun, and we got to give away some tickets still. Uh, Mountain West Tournament tickets. We've got a pair of tickets to a session during the Mountain West Tournament and... You get qualified to win a VIP package, which would include tickets to all sessions, food, drink, and parking. So you win a pair of tickets to a session at the Mountain West Tournament, and you're entered to win that VIP package. 702-364-1100. That's the phone number. Be caller number 8 at 702-364. 364 1100.
3: It's going to be uh, some work that we have to do because you just take a look at what the lineups could potentially look like. You put another big next to Ben, then you got to figure out what the spacing is around him. Then, if you put a playmaker next to him, then you got to figure out what Ben looks like without the basketball. Then, if you go small without, with Ben, then you got to figure out can you rebound enough with him. The challenges are ahead of us. We'll look them head on, we'll figure it out. We have the personnel to figure it out. Whether it is me mixing and matching throughout different pieces of the game uh, and allowing him to have a group and run with a group, that part we'll figure out. But you see the challenges that lie ahead.
0: Greeny and Bischoff are back on the press box.
1: That was Jacques Vaughn, the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, talking about how hard it is to get Ben Simmons <laughs> in the lineup. Um, here, here's the thing. All of the things, all of the things he said is, is kind of true about every player. Right? Like when you put a player in, you've got to worry about, all right, how do we space the floor if this guy's not a shooter? Or if he's a ball handler, what do we do if there's another ball handler? Like you have to worry about that with pretty much every player and how he fits with the other guys on the floor. The problem with Ben Simmons is he doesn't actually bring like a positive with all of that. Most players, it's like, all right, how do we make him fit because he's really good at this and we want that on the floor? With Ben Simmons, it's how do we make him fit? Oh, and he's not really good at anything right, right. for us. <laughs> Jock being nice about it, uh, kind of. I mean, that's about <laughs> as publicly sort of stating I don't have anywhere to play this guy as I've heard a guy, <laughs> a coach say. Though, I mean, he didn't say it mean, but he was kind of saying it's a damn near impossible puzzle for me to figure Tried out how to, to play to this guy. Figure out where to play the guy. Now, I'm not happy with Jock Vaughn because he's bench cam uh, Thomas. That's right. Can we play maybe that's guy. maybe
2: that's the lineup Ben Simmons, can
1: oh, oh the great duo that'll lead the Nets <laughs> to a playoff victory. Okay guys, we're running nothing but iso <laughs> with Cam. Bring back Cam Thomas. What a superhero that guy is. I need more oh, more Cam Thomas. Gosh, I would have hit. I wish he would have hit 50.
0: That'd have been awesome. Yeah, three straight of forties, pretty yeah.
1: good. Yeah, I know. Can't he hit fifty great. now because he's only getting. It's great. Now he's only getting. He's getting seven shots a game now. Unbelievable! Cannot believe that. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, big soccer games today, Ed.
0: <sighs> yeah, <laughs> I'm headed out to Golden Knights practice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then I got to go home and write. So what, I don't know if I'll be catching those. What time does? Uh, well, the Champions League is back. First off, um. PSG lost to Bayern Munich yesterday. one nothing. Uh, Kylian Mbappe. Kylian Mbappe, by the way, got hurt. I think they said he was supposed to be out for three weeks. He missed like eight days and came back. He played. He didn't start, but he came off the bench yesterday and played. Uh, They still lost, though. They kind of dominated by Bayern Munich. There's Champions League games again today, but the big game is not the Champions League. It's in the Premier League. Arsenal's playing Man City. It's number one versus number two. Huge. Yes. I will be yelling at my TV. From 11.30 until 1.30 today. And Arsenal's most important players hurt and is not playing.
0: Okay. He so pra- you would be yelling
1: even more. He practiced yesterday. And between that and today, got hurt. Oh. <laughs> Doing what? Walking <laughs> upstairs? Nobody knows. How'd this guy get hurt? Do not know how Thomas Partey got hurt. But he is not playing today. Uh, the, the best part about soccer reporting on like game day, who's going to play and all that an hour before the game teams have to like submit their lineup and who's on their bench. So before an hour out, you don't really know who's in the starting lineup and who's necessarily healthy and on the bench, but people, I don't know how like big of a spy you have to be. I don't know how much espionage is involved here, but there's always reports like the day of a game, like well before the game actually starts like, Oh, this player did not travel on the team bus to the stadium. It's like, how the hell do you know that? <laughs> I'm on the bus, <laughs> right? Like, well, they've got an inner circle. Yeah, Thomas Party's inner circle.
0: Not inner as circle is Aaron Rodgers. Is now, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, his inner circle is Aaron Rodgers' inner circle. So
1: the reporting all morning has been Thomas Party was not on the bus to the game. It's a home game, by the way. So like, he could have driven himself technically. Uh, but yeah, he was not on the bus this morning, and now it's been confirmed by a couple different reporters that he is not going to be in the lineup. Uh, which is brutal because he's <laughs> their most important player. Uh, Playing, missing their most important game of the season, which uh, kind of sucks. I
0: wonder if it's other players who are close to reporters. Maybe could but be I that. Know. I don't know how re- reporters and and uh, Premier League
1: players get along. Do you? Uh, if you're a player, you get on the team bus. Do you even like pay that close attention? That he's to not, not even on, the on there. Like, would you even notice? I guess if uh, you, if he was like your close friend, like you yeah. rode next to him every game. Right. But if it was just like ah. He's on the team like uh, you might not even notice who's not they got their earphones on they get their headphones on you get you finally get to the the stadium and you're like ah he's not here where's tommy oh all right all right i guess we're playing without him today not gonna go well we getting snow today yesterday it was damn 40 degrees and it was snowing i don't even know that's possible it's a mountain i don't live on the mountain no, it's a, it's a, it was at the
2: top of the mountain and the wind blew and now it came back. Right, down. but is it supposed to melt if it's not below well, 32 of it's degrees? None of stuck. <laughs> yeah, but I physically saw it in the air. Right, and then it hit the ground and it was like, oh, it's not cold. <sighs> okay, I didn't like that. Let's go away. It's February. Calm down.
0: Oh, it's better than... Groundhog Solid Shadow. What do you want to do? You take that or July?
2: I've lived take- here long
1: enough. July.
0: Hmm i think i take yesterday with the no heat in the house there's shade yeah you don't even have oh you don't have air conditioning either (laughs)